When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. Oh, we got some football for you. You're going to hear from Jalen Hurts to kick things off on the podcast here on this Friday. Plus, also Tanner Mordecai and Tanner Schaefer. Tons to get to as we count down to the spring game. If you haven't made your plans yet, please do so. April 13th. It's going to be a monster event beyond just the, the Lee Bryce concert, beyond the annual sale inside the McCaslin Fieldhouse, which I know people line up for the night before. It's always kind of crazy to see the hype and the excitement surrounding that. But this is going to be a really fun Saturday afternoon, April 13th at 3 o'clock, coming up here in mere moments. We'll have our first chance to hear from Jalen Hurts. Plus, later in the program, K.J. Kindler will swing by after the Sooners clinch their eighth straight Big 12 title. And... We'll talk tennis. Nick Kroll and Audra Cohen both with huge matches at the incredible tennis facility, the Headington Tennis Complex on the campus of the University of Oklahoma this weekend as the women will take on Texas and the men square off in Bedlam against Oklahoma State. So it is a packed edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks so much for downloading. Thanks so much for listening. And please share on social media. Always make sure you follow us at OU on the air. You can get all the latest TV news at Sooner Sports TV and get all the latest news on OU Sports at OU underscore athletics. Now, we have 
three interviews on the show today in three press conference settings. So I, I kind of wanted to start. We didn't get a chance to talk one-on-one with the new Sooner, I guess you could say, addition to the quarterback room and Jalen Hurts. But I thought his press conference was really good. Now, this is a I, – I've listened to this twice. I think it's a phenomenal listen and a fascinating listen as well. You can – you can really sense how focused Jalen Hurts is on making this about team. And that's what I love about listening to this. I know I know some want to get more down in the dirt with some stories and why you chose Oklahoma and what led to it and what was the process like. But Jalen Hurts is a guy that's very much focused on team. And I think you'll hear that as we kick off this Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, The Tailgate, with Jalen Hurts' first public comments as the newest member of the Oklahoma football team in a press conference that took place on Wednesday. It's a pleasure to be here and be able to speak um, to you guys for the first time as Oklahoma Sooner. I understand this is a place that um, has a ton of great tradition, um, has a history of having a lot of success in a lot of different areas. I know that for this team this year, what we want to do is we kind of want to create a new standard for ourselves. Um, a standard that kind of consists of having a tenacious mentality, um, a relentless approach in what we're doing, um, and really having the will of not being denied. And I'm a firm believer, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, if we continue to kind of practice the same habits, do the same things, we'll, nine times out of ten, end up getting the same results. Um, so I think as an organization, uh, we all want more. We want to achieve more. Um, and the best thing about it, the best part about it all is Coach Riley has done an exceptional job this far since I've been here um, of kind of his leadership and land law, as they say, um, setting that foundation of how things should be. Um, and, you know, it all comes down to at the end, think to achieve more, you got to evaluate yourself. You got to give an honest self-assessment on yourself so you can do the things that you want to do. Um, and I think this team has a vision. It's very early, but we have a vision of what we want to do, what we want to be as a team, the things we want to achieve. So, um, you know, we're, we're holding everybody accountable to do that. We're working hard day in and day out to achieve those things. And it's definitely a work in process, work in progress. But I know also that um, for this team, we talk about this team this year, a national championship in 2000, um, however many Heismans there's been over the years, um, my past success, um, the things that I've done and achieved, those don't help us win any games in the fall. So. I think the biggest thing for us is creating identity for ourselves, you know, finding out who we are as a team, achieving what we want to do, well, knowing what we want to do first, putting the work in, and then ultimately, you know, playing ball and getting things done on all phases of the organization this year. Jalen, you, you're obviously already a kind of a non -com, com, known commodity in college football with your success and 
Pettinger Place at Alabama in that locker room. What was it like to come in into a, another place with a lot of success, that it had a lot of historical success and sort of be the new guy? Well, the, the, um, the probably most interesting part about all of this, my situation, my experiences, um, all of those things is, you know, how unique is it, you know, um, you never get a guy that does those things and I guess not lose that many games um, and end up in that situation. Then to get an opportunity of a second chance, so say, and take advantage of it, that doesn't happen that often either. Then you get to go to another top tier school and you know, and you're in a situation where you're end up replacing, you know, two Heisman winners. I mean, you you can't look back in history and say that's ha happened ever. Um, all of it, the whole scenario, the whole shebang, and you probably won't be able to say it'll happen again. So, I think this whole situation is unique. Um, everything about it is unique, um, and. For me, I know it's happening to a unique person. I'm not your average Joe. Um, kind of built for these type of situations. You know, there's never been really anything that's been in my way that I couldn't overcome or see through. So, um, you know, it's you know, I'm here and um, do whatever I can to help this team in any way. Um, achieve the things that we want to achieve as a team. Danny Carlson. Hey, Jalen. You uh, not only have all that that you just laid out, but you mentioned the two Heisman winners, a couple of guys that could potentially both be the top picks in the draft. The challenge of stepping into one of those guys' shoes would be pretty immense. You're stepping into both. How do you sort of wrap your head around the challenge of all that and the decision to do that? I think I clearly understood what I got myself into. Um, but I also know that I have expectations for myself. I've always have. Um, I've always been my biggest critic. I've always been, you know, critical of myself. And I'm a, I'm a coach's kid, you know. I was brought up different, brought up in the a, in a field house day in and day out. Um, you know, my, it, it wasn't going home. It wasn't doing those things. My, my daycare, so say, was being a ball boy on the sidelines or going to practice Monday through Thursday and you know being on the sidelines on Friday watching, watching my dad coach and my brother play. But um, you know, it's, it's different strokes for different folks. So I'm in this situation and um, I'm, I definitely want to maximize my time at the University of Oklahoma. Come here to the left, Darren Amick. Uh, hi, Jalen. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of when Oklahoma sort of entered your mind, entered the picture, and, and, and the process behind you ultimately choosing to, to play football here? Um, like I said, it's, it's um, been a lot to it. I think the most important thing is that I'm here now, and you know, I'm, 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 we're working, and we're, we're, we're taking those steps to be the team we want to be. So. Jalen, how would you compare the, the culture and the locker room between Alabama and Oklahoma so far? It, it, it's always different, you know what I mean? You know, nothing, nothing's ever the same, right? Um, so it's, 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 it's not about 
you know, the past. It's not about this or that. It's about what are we going to do with the time we have together as a team? What are we going to do to achieve the things that we want to achieve? Coach's kid, you referenced uh, as a as a guy who walked into to Nick Saban and became his first freshman to start at quarterback. How would you describe your leadership style, and how important is that, especially for the position that you play? Um, well, I know um, as as a quarterback, coach's kid, um, I definitely know that a team, if you have the right leader, if you have the right guy, um, doing what he's supposed to do, taking care of his business, um, you know. You know, people let you lead. They don't. People let you lead. They, 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 they. It's not mandatory of them to do that. You know, they, they gonna follow you. Um, so I, I try and go about my business, and I try and do all the right things I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm far from perfect, but um, I try and handle my business and, and stay on top of what I need to do, um, and, and hold myself accountable to do those things as a leader, and hold everybody else to that same. You know, standard. George Schroeder. Yeah, Jalen. What um, interested when you're in high school, when you're in Alabama? What did you know of Oklahoma football? What were your impressions? Um, I mean, I remember my. F I mean, we played U of H first, right? I remember my first game playing playing USC, and Oklahoma lost to U of H. So, I mean, immediately for me, I don't want that to happen. So. Just you know, day by day, night by night, but you know it's a process, and we just got to work to get where we want to go. Yeah, I just wonder what you knew of, of OU, just <coughs> sort of when you had chosen another school. What was your, what were your impressions? Kind of what did you, when you know, if you were playing word association about Oklahoma football, what was it? Um, I mean, you, you, you hear about offense and all that, so that was definitely a thing, but. Um, Definitely a, a prestige program. Um, a prestige program. Eric Bailey. Uh, Jalen, can you talk a little bit about the relationship you built with Lincoln Riley during the recruiting process and during the two months leading up to spring football? And then just how that's continued on in spring drills and dissecting and learning his playbook? Um, definitely a, a quick process. But um, I, I, think, I think we're on track. I think. Um, you know, the biggest thing is building that relationship because it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm only here for a short time. So me building that relationship with Coach, my peers, my teammates, every, everybody, um, and really trying to, you know, take the steps we need to take, um, move steady. Um, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big guy that just, at the end of the day, if we execute what we got to do, you know, we're going to be good. So, you know, becoming comfortable in the system um, and kind of getting comfortable in it, I, I'd say, is um, a very important thing. And ultimately getting, getting comfortable with the new coach. So, you know, it's my fifth offensive coordinator in my career, so. During that recruiting process, what did he sell to you about Oklahoma? Um, I mean, every school has their way of selling stuff. You know, everybody takes different angles. Everybody takes a different approach. Um, but, you know, Coach Riley's been very um, upfront and honest with everything. And um, ultimately, 
you know, we got to go to work. You know, we got to work. Um, and definitely no handouts anywhere. So, um, you know, just really us being on the same page on, on, on those things and really, you know, trying to push the envelope on getting things done. You know, being moving with urgency. Jalen, how do you feel like you developed last year through everything that you went to, both on the field and, and off the field? Um, I think I'm I'm wiser, I'm better, um, stronger for everything that took course last year and over the over the last three years. Um, I definitely know that. Um, obviously, I didn't I didn't get the snaps. You know, I, I had limited time there, but. I'm at a new place now, um, new opportunity, and um, I think it's a different team on the same mission. Hey, Jalen, um, what have been your impressions running this offense so far in practice, and how do you feel like you fit into it? And is there anything maybe about your skill set that you're learning you can show more through it than what you've done in the past? Um, you, you always want to take the progressive approach to things. Um, I find myself as a, I guess, a perfectionist. You know, you want to, you want to get it done. And sometimes you got to remind yourself. I mean, you know, two and two and a half months ago, I was preparing to play in the national championship game. You know, so understanding that we're on pace to be where we want to be, but you know, it's a process to it. It doesn't happen overnight, um, but you know we're, we're progressing every day um, as a unit. Both sides of the ball, all three phases, we're doing what we need to do to get where we want to go. So I think we're just putting that constant work in every day, trying to make a big step, make a massive improvement every day, um, so we can better ourselves. Have you, have you felt comfortable learning it and, and running it so far? And how how is that it's, it's going? Been? It's going well. Jalen, you stood up at a basketball game, and all of a sudden there was this massive line of people wanting to take photos with you, you know, have you sign autographs. What did you think of that moment that just kind of came out of nowhere, and then just your thoughts on the way that you've been embraced? It's really kind of rare to be embraced before you've really even stepped on the field. Um, well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, I always appreciate anybody who, you know, is a Hurts fan, they say, or you know, just supports supports me. Um, and I'm I'm at a new place. You know, I'm I'm a new face around here, um, and it's it's cool. And and it and it's all it's all it's all love to embrace those guys. Um, it's I guess I'd say it's no, it's definitely nothing new, you know. And like I haven't had to experience those things or deal with those things before, but um, I definitely appreciate it. Hey Jalen, you're going from a very talented skill set, a skill position to Alabama guys like Josh Jacobs and Irv and, and uh, Jerry Judy to a very talented skills positions here with guys like CD and Trey and, uh, and Kennedy. What stood out to you from practice playing with those guys so far? I think we gotta understand that everything's a little different. You know, um, it's it's different. We got different players, um, and we all. I mean, I, I I firmly believe we all have the ability to to do the things that we need to do to get where we want to go and do the things that we want to do. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about meshing together. I say as a group, as a unit, offensive unit, 
um, and kind of finding that connection between each other, whether it be O-line to quarterback or receiver to running back as far as blocking or quarterback to receiver. You know, um, it doesn't matter. We just need to, you know, with time, kind of find out who we are. Uh, I'm sure you remember this play. Orange Bowl, you line up at receiver, run a jet sweep. Ken mm -hmm. Murray runs you out of bounds, a little dust up on the sideline. Uh, what was it like when you first now met Kenneth as a teammate and just the irony that you end up playing with him and, and at a place that a couple months ago you were competing against? Just your thoughts. Um, no, that's, that's what makes all of this so unique. Um, you know, it's, it's fun and um, definitely been that. I mean, you know, we've talked about that. It's been something we've kind of laughed about, I say. Um, and rarely do I talk, you know, trash or say something to the opponent. I usually just smile or, you know, do something casual. But, you know, it, it's cool. And um, I, know, I know what type of players we have here. And most interestingly, I have a unique perspective on it all because kind of been on both sides of it. So I'm at, it's a dual perspective. And you know, I just want to, I guess, help the team you know, with the things that I've experienced or whatever, especially my teammates, and try and do what's, do what's best for the team and getting where we want to go. How do you, how do you get that, that leadership when you've just been here for a couple of weeks or whatever it's been? And the quarterback position is a leadership position by nature. I mean, how do you, you haven't been here for that long. How do you not over, be overbearing, but at the same time, show that leadership? I think one thing that me and Coach Riley have talked about is, you know, you'd rather, you know, you'd rather be, when, when I look back on this, when, on, on this year, I'd rather say I said too much than said too little. Well, I'll kind of piggyback on that because you had talked about the new standard for this team. I'm curious about you, what you feel like your role is, what that looks like, what it sounds like. It sounds like it may be something that you, as a leader, that you've never really done before with teams. Is that, is that accurate? Um, I said it's a different place. Um, you know, you think about, I guess, coaches, older coach and Coach Saban, um, a younger coach and Coach Riley. but. Um, and they're 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 both great, dang good coaches, and um, they both, you know, kind of want nothing but that standard um, of play. You know, we have an expectation of doing what we're supposed to do at Oklahoma, and um, you know, the biggest thing is messing together as a team, like I said, and you know, holding each other accountable to do those things. So. Do you feel like your role, have you started to sense how, you, how, what role you have in doing that with this team? Is it, you know, getting guys together? Is it talking? I mean, what, what does that look like, sound like for you? Um, I mean, yes, I, I say so. You know, <laughs> I can't work my way around that question. So I'd say so. Um, and. You know, I, like I said just now with the young man over there, um, I'd rather say too much now, emphasis too much, or put an emphasis on too much now, or 
repeatedly say something or let's go guys or you know just I'd rather lead too much and you know Coach Riley wants me to be aggressive with that so that's that's um, the approach that I'm taking with it. Jalen, I, I know you've talked a lot about leadership and building the team, but when you were looking at you know transferring and, and you looked at Oklahoma, how much of it was just looking at this offense, the, the last two quarterbacks here, and and were, was there any part of you that was like, I don't know if I can do this, but I want to challenge myself to see if I can be that type of quarterback? Um, like I said earlier, I think I hold myself you know, to a high standard. Um, I have expectations for myself. Um, and and I'd be I'd be outright wrong to not pick college brain, you know, pick Baker's brain to learn as much as I can learn so I can make the most of this situation. Just, just physically, I mean, does this challenge you to do things that you haven't been asked to do as a, as a quarterback, as a thrower? Jan, um, you hadn't made any decisions uh, before January, and Kyler Murray hadn't made decisions, all kinds of uncertainty. But there was at least a chance that people speculated that he might move on, you might move on, you might be a good fit at Oklahoma. Did that ever go through your mind? And was that whole week of preparation in Miami sort of strange that you're playing for a team against a team that conceivably you could be playing for next year? On the outside looking in, that's that's very easy to say. I say, um, you know, when my brothers at the University of Alabama, I was 110% bought into getting after Oklahoma, and that's that's just kind of how it was. And um, now I'm here, so now I'm focused on this team, this unit, this organization. You know. Yeah. In the limited snaps that you talked about that you got last year, specifically in the fourth quarter of the uh, the game against Georgia, you look like a different passer than we'd seen before. And I wonder, have you developed, do you think, your game as a passer? And did that actually happen as a backup last year, just based on sort of the things you guys were doing with, with Dan Enos and stuff like that? Um, I think there are a, a number of, of variables that kind of go into um, my development, you know, um, I think that all of those experiences, I say, you know, that, that, that helped me for the better. Um, I guess experiencing that success early, then kind of hitting a little adversity um, on the run, that made me better. Um, I was able to see things differently, um, have a different perspective on things. And um, I think that's kind of led up to me being the person I am standing here before you today, so. Time for a few more, John Hoover. Yeah, in a similar vein to that question, uh, you mentioned earlier this will be your fifth offensive coordinators. Correct me if I'm wrong, also four quarterback coaches, this will be your fifth during that time. So, point being, did all that, uh, I don't know, instability <coughs> or whatever, coaches coming and going, can you describe how that affected your career arc? You said, you know, it made you better. But did it also at times hold you back, like you were on a certain path, and then all of a sudden you changed coaches again? You know, you, you can say that, but you know, um, you got to turn those negatives into positive. You know, 
let's not think about it negatively. Um, turn it to a positive and let's say, hey, when the time comes and you know, I'm in a situation where I'm asked about that, I just say, hey, I've, 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 I've had success with every coordinator I've had or coach I've had. I have a different, I have multiple perspectives of looking at the game because I've had so many coaches. Use it to help me instead of, you know, hang my head down on it or something like that. I'll use it to help me. So I, I, I now see it in a positive light. Jalen, Kyler and Baker both came here wanting to win, obviously, um, but also safe to say wanting to prove something about themselves uh, before they finish their college career. Do, do you have something to prove here at Oklahoma? Um, I don't want to get into comparisons. Um, you know, Baker's Baker, Kyler's Kyler, you know, and I'm me. Um, so I think the the objective of all of, the, of all of this is, you know, yeah, everybody wants to achieve their goals. Everybody wants to do those things, but right now it's 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 not about me. I'm I'm stepping back from it, and you know. The biggest thing about this thing is achieving what we want as a team, getting what we want accomplished as a team, doing what we want as a team. So um, I, I feel like if we can come together and do those things, work hard, you know, build that bond um, on all phases, I mean, we, you know, the sky's the limit. Jenny? Jalen, you mentioned your dad earlier. Um, obviously, a huge influence. Are there a couple characteristics you feel like you most took from him? and? Secondly, is there when you sort of close your eyes and think about your dad as a coach, is there a memory or two that sort of jumped to mind, whether funny or impactful or whatever? I'd say both of my parents have kind of had a, a huge impact on me. Um, you know, just the life lessons, um, being brought up the way I was brought up and kind of being in the situation I was, um, coach's kid and you know, older brother playing quarterback. Um, both of my parents being in the education system, um, just being around it, I think that's all kind of molded me to kind of who I am. And I know um, the story that, you know, so I, I went to Channel View High School and we played, um, I guess, North, North Shore, and they just won the state title last year. My junior year, you know, we never beat this school. This is a, um, a a school that I was I was probably supposed to go to. I was zoned to, but I wouldn't play for for dad. Um, so we played North Shore my junior year, and um, never beat this team ever. I mean, ten years. I'm a ball boy watching North Shore get after Channelview, you know. So we play my junior year, and we 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 give them a good fight, and we and we score on the last play of the game on the Hail Mary. Um, and they just won state off of a Hail Mary, ironically. So we score um, on a Hail Mary my junior year to beat them, tied it up at 48-48. Then we kicked the extra point with no time on the clock, win the game. And it's a coach, um, that coach from North Shore, he's a head coach somewhere else now, I don't remember his name. Um, but, you know, he, he, he's looking you know, at my dad and I'm and I'm the I'm the I'm the um, extra point holder at the time, so 
you know, I, I hold it, he kicks it, it goes in, I take off running probably two steps, and I turn around, and I just kind of look at North Shore sideline. And um, was just so calm at the moment, like, you know, it's, it was kind of personal, I guess. Um, and then the coach looks at my dad on the sideline, and he's so calm and all that. So the coach is, you know, the coach is like, well, how, how is this guy so calm? How is he gets it? I see where he gets it from. So I guess that story kind of sums up, um, I guess, where my demeanor comes from, um, why I'm so stoic and kind of nothing's ever too much, ever too big. That one? Maybe we will in football. When we're done with the game, maybe we will. Okay, a couple more, Jake. Yeah, uh, you know, coming from Alabama, Jalen, uh, what kind of credibility um, did that give you as a leader with the guys in the locker room? Um, you know, I, it, it's 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 kind of interesting, and like I said, another unique a part, a unique part about all of this. Um, you know, just having players like. You know, I guess if I were to talk about games that I played in or if they were to ask me questions about it and knowing that they were watching that game or that they were watching this game on the way back from theirs or whatever it is, I guess that's a unique part, unique part about it. Um, and I'm kind of having an idea of some of the things that have been done or whatever. But like I said earlier, I don't, I don't think, you know, uh, the, the objective here for, for for us as a team is to win games this fall. And I know that none of that stuff will score us any touchdowns in the fall or put points on the board or anything like that. So I really want to hone in on hone in on this team this year, this year together, you know, this opportunity we have and try and take that approach every day and take advantage of that opportunity to get better every day. And you know, playing in the spotlight at Alabama, playing in so many big games, how is that going to equip you to, to face the pressure to play in Texas in the Cotton Bowl or potentially a playoff game? And then also the pressure, like you mentioned before, you know, following two Heisman Trophy winners that could go number one in, in back to back years in the draft. I think it, it all comes down to just handling everything the right way, the right way. Um, taking the right approach to it, and you know, just just going about my business that way. Um, we saw your video from the spring, uh, during spring breakout on a football field with, with CD. And did you know kind of coming in here what he was after seeing him in the Orange Bowl? Or maybe it, did you know that that was a relationship that was, you know, going to be like it has been? Well, I mean, I was, I was a freshman at Alabama and I wanted CD to come to Alabama, you know, so it's not like I didn't know who he was, what he was capable of, but the tables have turned. Um, and I'm here, and I guess you can say we're kind of reunited. So um, just trying to maximize this, maximize this moment this year. You know, everything about it, trying to maximize it. Okay, last one, Barry. Yeah, Jalen, the uh, graduate transfer rule has been here for a while, but it's become a lot more popular the last couple of years. How do you look on that rule, and do you look at it as a great opportunity, and, and what it gives you the chance to do? Um, I think it's, like I said it before, it's different strokes for different folks, um, different different circumstances for different people. Um, you know, with the waivers and um, all the different things that are 
a variable in that. Um, it makes it all really, you know, like NFL free, free agency. I thought it was great. I'm excited to watch him on April 13th. We'll hear from Tanner Schaefer and Tanner Mordecai to wrap up the podcast coming up here in just a bit. But right now, let's talk championship. K.J. Kindler is in the house. Coach, congratulations on an eighth straight Big 12 championship in women's gymnastics. Let's get after it. How do you feel about where this team is, and how do you feel about winning your eighth straight? We've been good, you know. We're, we're ready to move forward. You know, I think you – any coach can tell you when you're in your sport and, and you're in the grind of it. When you get to the end, you're like, yes, we are, you know, we are ready for this. So um, we're excited for postseason. Um, it's been a couple of weeks, so let's just quickly recap because, again, another undefeated regular season. Again, you head to the postseason as the number one overall seed. But it's been – I mean, you guys have fought through a grind. I mean, from all season long – injuries all season long with resting certain student athletes I mean you've you've really fought through this grind and you're heading into the postseason undefeated take us through the last couple of weeks coach it hasn't necessarily been easy has it no you know I I sound like is that is can you say broken record anymore I sound like a broken record does that even count <laughs> that counts but, okay okay for all of us 40 and over listening <laughs> I'm there I completely know what you're talking about. Okay. Oh, wait, by the way, it does work because there's this new age of people that are oh, into vinyl. Yeah, you're right. So they completely get it. You're right. right. And they're like, why would you ever break a record? Anyway, <laughs> I get where you're coming from, Coach. So what happens is like each week we have new challenges. And I've been telling people these aren't things that are taking people out for a season by any means, but they might take them out for five days or two weeks or things of that nature. And, and every time you do that, you get set back a little bit in gymnastics. It's like starting over, especially on events that require a lot of endurance like floor and bars. So we have been constantly dealing with that. Um, I'd love for that to stop at any time, but even going into big 12s, it was allergies and oh triceps. Gosh and uh just a few just a few things going on you know but it's, we're pushing through it you know it's so i i'm not saying funny but it's so interesting because in your everyday life you mention allergies mm-hmm. it knocks you out i mean i've i don't know how and i'm somehow i've got my allergies under control i don't know how i don't know how i don't know what's happened it might be the flonase it might be the zyrtec or the fact that i double double up on both every single night I can't imagine someone trying to perform whenever they're dealing with that. I mean, you're on the beam and all of a sudden it's like, got to sneeze. Mm-hmm. or And it's crazy, and I say that not in jest, but to realize how on you have to be mm-hmm. for every single event yeah. in this sport. Well, balance beam in particular and congestion in the head oh is gosh. the worst for balance. And so actually Brenna, Brenna ha- was having the worst allergies last week, and she – consequently had the worst beam routine oh of gosh. her of her year and I think honestly she had a lot of congestion going on her balance was a little bit off but we're getting it under control and you know a lot of these young ladies aren't from Oklahoma and so they haven't grown up in this climate and so this hits them a little harder when it happens so um, it's it's been you know interesting but we're going to Athens Georgia where it's the allergy capital of <laughs> the country really? yeah so I'm sure you know now that we're dealing with 
that we're just going to be so ready, so prepared. How <laughs> great! Uh, listen, Flonase. Let's just go get yes. Flonase. Yeah. Buy it all. You know what? Would Is be that my... NCAA legal? That's what I'm just going to say. <laughs> it would be my luck that I'm that I'm telling. Go get Flonase. Try it out, and then come to find out there's a steroid in yeah. it or something. Yeah. But you know, it, it, it's interesting because I was following along. We were in Lubbock with softball, and I was following along, and it was tight this weekend in the Big Twelve Championship. Is it maybe fair to say that it's good for this team to be in a tight meet? Because they've dominated, Mm -hmm. you know, through the most part all season long. The UCLA meet was very tight. They pulled away from Alabama. Mm -hmm. Could that be a good, I hate to use the term wake-up call, but Mm -hmm. something that kind of says, okay, we've got to be at our best or anyone can get us? Mm -hmm. Well, I think our team, uh, they've put themselves in a place where they know they're not unbeatable. I mean, we know that. So I, I don't think it's like humbling or anything like that because we don't have the attitude that we're unbeatable. And I, I don't think our team believes that. You know, we work very hard to get where we're at. But to be pushed against the wall also, you know, after Vault, we were behind. I don't think, I don't know that we've been behind any time this year wow. after the first event. I know we have after the second, maybe it's been close or something like that. But we were behind after the first event. They fought back pretty strongly. Honestly, we we really did beat ourselves there at the end. Um, we we had a significant lead going into floor, and we were just uh, just not great on floor. Ooh, I, just and saw, so, I just saw MS numbers. Yeah, uh. not good on floor. So, um, you know, when you have a mistake like that early in the lineup, it does put pressure on others. So, again, we're making some adjustments on floor, trying to change some things to, to increase our consistency as we go on to Georgia because uh, we will – end on floor the first night and then the second night we will start on floor so i kind of like that actually really? because, yeah because it's been um it's been a difficulty for us and i think starting there i love ending on beam i think it's awesome and we do it all the time so we are used to it but starting on floor kind of getting that behind us i think might be a good thing olivia troutman I mean, you talk about somebody who has stepped up when called upon all season long. Did she do – she did not do the all-around at the Big 12. She didn't do the bars. Um, but her floor routine ended up making ESPN's top ten plays of the day. And I don't – did you see the baseball video from them yes, watching? that in, was so in the, cool. In the clubhouse. Absolutely stuck it. Two judges gave her a perfect ten. How just massive was that to see a freshman in that situation – give her max, and give this team what it needed. She's so consistent. You didn't really expect anything else. But you've, she's never been under that kind of pressure with the championship on the line. I mean, the championship was on the line. She had to nail it. And she did. I mean, there's not a lot of freshmen who have that kind of mental strength. So it's super exciting to see her do that. I Obviously, I can foresee her being a leader on the floor for us the rest of her career. It was something else. Yeah, it I was. mean, it, it was really cool to see. And, you know, I, you, you mentioned Brenna Dow yeah. and battling the allergies. She – Gets a nine nine five from yeah. two judges as well too. Yeah, she did a great floor routine as well. But uh, you know, she's money on that event. There's no doubt about it. But she was a, you know, she just was a little off overall all day. And so for her to go into floor and nail it when she knew we needed it, absolutely is great. And then there's not there's not a better feeling than whenever you're not a hundred percent and you have teammates that either pick you up or you're able to push through it and you still get that win. So they've got to be excited going oh, yeah. forward, right? Yeah, they were very excited. And it was a it was a very exciting and fun moment. I like fighting for things. You know, I think that 
like you said, um, I think that does put them in a little, gives them a little different perspective than just gliding through. So I'm excited about that experience they just had going into regionals. It's going to be a tough regional for us. They announced the field yesterday. And, um, you know, moving forward, we're going to have to be spot on. How does the process work for who hosts a regional? You bid um, okay. years in advance. Okay, okay. So this isn't something to where they pick and they say higher seed, better facilities, better nothing like that, right? No, okay. they they pick years in advance. So um, we actually there used to be six regionals, and we were supposed to host this year, but they had to eliminate two hosts, and they eliminated us. You get a little time. What's this week or these next, I guess you could say, 13 days before you? It's less than that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So it would be like 10 days before you leave. What's these next 10 days like for you and for the team? We're kind of uh, going into a rhythm of two on, one off, two on, one off, two on travel. So that's what what our plan is. And in those two days, we'll do vault on one, floor on the other, and then we always do bars and beam and getting a lot of good practice in and getting their bodies kind of rejuvenated and rested a little bit more too. Um, but also, you know, our conditioning kind of slacks during the season because we're always trying to taper off every weekend. So getting a little more strength in these first three days so that they can uh, sustain a little bit better here at the end of the season. I, I was looking for the uh, the notes that are looking through the notes that Lindsay had sent out the other day, and I was reminded about the new format. And I had forgotten how the number of teams at the NCAA championship have been cut from 12 to 8 with four teams competing in each semifinal. But that cut even goes back to, as you brought up, regional sites. In your opinion, how could this affect things? What's the challenges or even in that the advantages of this new look of the postseason? You know, honestly, we have to go through it, I think, gotcha. to know what the negatives and positives are. But um, looking looking into it, there's a play-in at these four locations. And the play-in is uh, requiring a team to compete possibly three days in a row. That, to me, is a possible negative. And then you play in, then you compete the next day in our session with the one seed. So really, your your opportunity to move on, you've got to you've got to be money in the bank to get past that session. So, um, top two go on from each of those sessions, and then the final meet. But you have great teams like Georgia's Georgia's hosting, and they're the two seed in our region. Um, you have Michigan hosting, and they're the two seed. But they have a three seed Alabama that's pretty darn good, and that is going to be. Um, a battle, I think, up in Ann Arbor for sure. And at Oregon State, you have Denver, which I think Denver has a huge opportunity to go on to nationals this year. Um, and Florida. So Florida's having to travel three time zones to Oregon oh State as gosh. the one seed. Yeah. So that's definitely a challenge, I would say. Um, so, I mean, and then at LSU, you have LSU and Utah. And Utah has really been rising up here at the end, getting a 198 at Pac-12s. Um, up in the Ann Arbor Regional, you have UCLA. They should have no sh- no problem getting through there. Um, so they're they're uh they could probably rest a couple people and still get through there. They're pretty stacked with their roster. So here's just real quick our Athens re our listen to me the Ours. our Athens <laughs> Regional. You've got Georgia, whom we've seen. Uh, in years, did we play Georgia this year? Do we compete yes, against Georgia? Georgia came to That's town. Right. That was our first meet That's of the right. year. It seems like it was so long ago, but yet for you, it probably seems like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia, Kentucky, California, Missouri, Iowa State, 
Maryland, North Carolina State, and New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And you have national seeds, of course, the number one, and then you have eight, nine, and 16. Is there a mindset with the selection committee about, well, you mentioned who had to travel, Florida having to travel a couple of time zones. Do they take that into consideration, or should they take that into consideration a little bit more? What's the process like in selecting where you might end up? I Do think, you get to pick? Oh, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think because Florida was the f- the fourth one seed, so gotcha. they're fourth overall, um, and the final one seed in the in the bracket that they they were okay with sending them, but I wouldn't. I would find that a big challenge as a coach. You know, mm-hmm. you, you really have to strategize, consider what that's going to do to your athletes and how do you get them acclimated quickly. And because um, that's a that's a tough road to hoe a little bit um, to get them in the right place, uh, especially because they are competing at night the first night. Why? So really, you know, it's seven o'clock. 10 o'clock their time. Oh, my gosh. Right? I not thought about that. So they're competing from 10 to midnight Florida time. That's hard. That is so hard to do. But um, And also they say they try to keep uh, conferences apart as much as possible, but there's so many SEC teams in our bracket. There's Kentucky, Missouri, and Georgia. Um, so it's kind of like a mini SEC there um, with all those teams. So I don't know. You know, they – they go with a snake bracket, you know how that works. Mm-hmm. It just kind of snakes, and then they try to do it geographically, and um, they have all sorts of rules they try to follow, like you can't move a team more than three spots, things like that. Um, but honestly, this came out similar to what I was thinking. Do you run? I don't want to say mock. Oh yeah. To, oh, you do. Okay, so this was about what you guys had projected. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of oh, this could happen or this could happen, and we really only had two scenarios, but we were really leaning toward the one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I you know, Oregon State that would have been tough for travel, but we've gone to Washington before for regionals just a couple years ago and handled it well. So it just depends, you know. Third straight year, you're seeing Kentucky in a regional. I know, and uh, I, I that that seems kind of crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Last year, um, they made nationals for the first time in program history. And uh, that was at the Minnesota Regional with us. And it was so exciting to see their program, you know, finally get there. And the team, I remember the euphoria when we made it for the first time and (laughs) how you feel and like this amazing excitement. And they had that, you know, in their faces and in their emotions. And it was so fun to watch. I love that because – you can't duplicate that, you know. Sometimes programs just get accustomed to going, right. and they don't necessarily have that same reaction. So to watch them have that reaction was great. They're a great team, so we'll have to be definitely on the mark. Listen, a, a final thought, because when you are in here next week, I want to talk about – well, I hope we get a chance to talk next week. You guys won't be traveling yet, right? No. Nope. Okay, good. Um Duh, you've talked about it the show, whole show. You're leaving on Thursday. We do this on Tuesday. I'm sorry. I, what was I just telling you about during the break? Focus. Um, but it, it's interesting to me because I do want to talk about tickets to Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And, and when, if, hopefully, they get there, that's going to be close for Sooner fans to go travel. But with that said, I know you feel good about where your team is. I know you're working on things with the floor routine, overall coach, from top to bottom. I never would ask you to compare, but – you feel good about where this team is right now heading into the postseason, getting ready to travel to Athens for the regional? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel good about our position going into Athens, but I, I think we have a lot of things to tweak in the next four weeks to put us in a position to contend for a national championship. So um, we're still working on every single little detail. Um, there are places where we could pull ahead a little bit to accommodate for other areas. Um, we definitely need to continue to focus on our landings because at the end of the day, in that final competition landings are hugely important and many times the team that lands the best wins so that's definitely going to be something that we need to really zero in on but um yeah i'm i'm very excited we have a very hard working group they're very dedicated committed um i feel very proud to work with them every single day and i know they're putting their best foot forward always so uh, when you have a team like that you know anything is possible Great stuff from KJ Kindler. Uh, appreciate her time. Next week on the game plan, there's a good chance we could hear from Maggie Nichols. In the meantime, let's refocus ourselves on an event that's taking place tonight. The OU men's and women's tennis team, a huge doubleheader. Let's start by talking men's tennis, the 20th ranked team in the country with Nick Kroll. Coach, congratulations on the sweep over USF this week. And as you get set for Oklahoma State, a career milestone win number 50 as a head coach. How special was it? Well, you know, it's kind of like what you just said. I mean, I, I didn't even know we were at that point. And uh, I think there was kind of a text that went out before the match to my assistant coaches. And uh, so they kind of, they kind of knew, and I think they may have told the guys. And, and uh, so I think they, I think they kind of played for me for that in that match a little bit. Let's try to get uh, coach number 50, but yeah, it's, it's, we were just focused on, on beating South Florida. And, and then now, you know, moving into our next match with Oklahoma State. So, uh, yeah, great to get it. But, you know, hopefully we get a, we got a lot of, lot more bigger things to come. I love that mindset. Nick Kroll's in the house. We're talking about the OU tennis team and a big one coming up on Friday night in Norman against Oklahoma State. Give me the snapshot on the Cowboys. How's their season gone? What do you see from them that can be challenging come Friday night? Well, they've got a really talented, uh, talented squad over there. Uh, they've got a lot of international guys. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of experience too, um, especially up in the top of their lineup, uh, guys that we've seen for years and, and they play really good doubles. So, uh, we know, we know they're going to come in here rare and ready to go. It's always a, a really good match with them. You know, last year we won four, three up in Stillwater and, and we were down and, and kind of came back and fought hard and got that W. So, you know, we, we, we're expecting a battle Friday night at seven and, and, uh, you know, got a good team. They, they've got at number one, maybe one of the better number ones in the country, really highly ranked uh, on the ATP tour and, you know, some really good experience, kind of two, three, four. And then they've got some freshmen uh, maybe playing five and, and a sophomore at six. But they've got big guys, powerful guys, and, and you know, we're just going to have to be ready to go. You know, Nick, I, we've talked a lot about the difference a home court atmosphere can make. And, uh, you know, it's always free to get in and watch these yeah. guys or even on the outside of things too if you guys are playing outside can you just take us through that difference that a really good crowd makes for these guys well i think it gets the uh adrenaline going for our guys right away uh you know when they, when they look up and see five or six hundred people up in the crowd and and uh some of their friends cheering for them and fans and then they see the sooner nation come out it just really inspires them and then as the match continues to go on and, you know, fans are cheering loud, getting the boomer sooner going, I, you know, <laughs> in those times it, it really, it really inspires our guys. And, and I always feel like we play our best matches when we have big crowds and, and our guys really react well and, and the energy uh, that the crowd 
kind of inspires our guys. So yeah, we love having crowds. Hopefully we'll get a big one out here. Uh, we're, you know, we're shooting to, to break records and, and, you know, I think last year at Baylor, we, maybe we had, when we played Baylor here, I think we had around 700. So we're hoping wow. to beat that this year against, in this match. USF is a really good tennis program, and you guys absolutely just beat their pants off this weekend. Can you take us through just how big that was for this team and, and Nick, kind of some of the things that stood out from the win at the Headington Tennis Center against South Florida this yeah. weekend? You know, we were coming off a couple couple of tough losses on spring break. Uh, we scheduled really tough this year. We played A&M and North Carolina, both top ten teams, and, and we we had tough losses. I mean, we played well. I thought we had chances to win both matches. And, you know, then we had to fly back really late Friday night. I think we got back at two in the morning and then we had to, you know, kind of Saturday was a little bit of a day to recover. And then Sunday we had to get back out there. And I thought our guys responded well coming off, coming off the road trip. And I felt like it was a confidence builder heading into the uh, big 12 season. We needed to get a good, get a good win under our belt. And, I thought we played better doubles and kind of figured out a few things heading into heading into conference. You know, it's our biggest part of the season now, and, and we're, our guys are just really excited to play coming up here. Um, you know, we've we've grown an affinity for one Spencer Papa and everything that he's mm-hmm. been through. I thought Friday or yeah, Friday night was a good example, kind of everything that he's been through in his career to where he loses the first set quite handily. Uh, in that, but then comes back and wins 6-3 and 6-1. When you have leadership like that, can you kind of take us through the difference that a guy like Spencer Papa can make? Yeah, I mean, our guys really feed off of him. Uh, they feed off of his energy. When he's playing well, I feel like our, all of our guys play well, and when they see him down there just really fighting hard, I mean, they, they're really inspired. And, you know, that was a tough one. He was 6-1, 3-1 down, and the guy he was playing from South Florida had only lost one match all year. He was 15-1, and and we knew that was going to be a tough one going in, and Spencer kind of uh, struggled a little bit uh, during the week just kind of getting things going, and, and but he found his game there in the middle of the second set, and once he found it, uh, there was no looking back. Uh, started to get really confident, started serving better. He felt like he moved better in that match than he has maybe all season. And so I think for him, it was just a huge confidence builder uh, as well. And he knows he's got going to have his hands full with a, with a top player here coming in from Oklahoma state. And uh, so, yeah, great to get that confidence. He's working hard this week. We had a great practice yesterday. So, you know, hopefully we can keep him on the right track. Is it still a, a process for him whenever it comes to the confidence after the injury? Oh, I, I definitely think so. Uh, okay. You know, he's he's about four or five months into playing uh, after having his ACL. So, you know, he's, he's a year, you know, he's 14 months since the surgery, but he's really been playing on it for about four or five months. And, um, you know, every I think every day is a process. He's learning what he can and can't do, how hard he can push in practice. Some days he has good days. Uh, some days he comes off you know, a little tentative, a little sore. And, and so we're still trying to figure all those things out, how, how hard we can push him and, um, and then what he can do in those matches. But definitely on against South Florida, uh, he, he figured something out there in the middle of the second, and hopefully we can keep that going. But, yeah, the process for him, you know, def, definitely uh, has been a, been a long road. And, but I see, I see big things coming for him, and I keep telling him that. Just got to stick with it, and big things are coming here into the season for him. 
That's awesome. You got me fired up. I want to go out and try to wax yeah. around a little bit. Hey, <laughs> uh, final thought, Nick, before I let you go. What have you learned about this team after a little bout of adversity? You know, you go down to College Station, have an incredible match with Texas A&M, a uh, tough one on the road in Chapel Hill, but then you come back with the performance like you had on Sunday against South Florida. What have you learned about this team and the way that it's been able to overcome adversity so far this season? Yeah, you know we're thirteen and five, and uh, you know we've we've uh, we've had some losses in there that we'd like to have back. Uh, but all of our five losses are basically the teams in the top twelve, and uh, you know we've learned that we can beat those teams, but we've got to put it all together on the same day and and uh, and, and play together. And I, and I think we've learned that. And, and coming off that South Florida match, you know it showed a lot of resiliency. Uh, you know the guys could have could have come off a little lackluster off of spring break, but I felt like they rebounded and the team actually came together the night before the match. And I think they had, they had some, uh, some private team meetings and, uh, no coaches. And, and I think they kind of, they all kind of reset their minds, uh, going into this last part of the season. And I think we're, we're rare and ready to go now. Nick, I really appreciate your time, Coach. Uh, you've had an incredible run. I dig watching your guys play and good luck this weekend against Oklahoma state. I know you want to see a great crowd out there, don't you? Uh, we'd love, we'd love to see a huge crowd, and and the other thing is the women play right before us, so they're playing Texas. So I mean, you can literally come out and have a huge day, huge day of tennis. I think the women play at four, and we play at seven. So two of our big rivals. Uh, it's going to be a great day out out here at the OU Tennis Club. Hey, thanks, Coach. Leading right in to talking women's tennis because Audra Cohen is in the house. Man, what a fantastic rebirth she's had here for women's tennis. Coach, congratulations on the great start. Kind of a simple question to kick things off. How do you feel about where this team is and where the program is as part of your build towards a national championship contender? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are hiccups in the road, obviously, in, in any any job that you do, but um, but we're really happy with the progress we've made. When I first got the job, we went from being unranked and really having trouble getting attention from a lot of the big-time recruits to now really making a statement at the national level, and, and we're going to have better looks at some of the big-time recruits as we move forward, and it's just a lot of energy pumping into the program, and so we're really excited about the pro, about the direction we're headed. We're definitely not settled with where we're at right now, being a top 30 team, we want to we want to win national championships here. And every match has, uh, well, I say every match, even the losses have been dogfights. You know, you go back whenever yeah. you're taking on a really good tennis, uh, Kansas tennis team that goes down to the wire, but then you bounce back and win back-to-back matches against really tough, I don't want to say teams necessarily, but environments. You've got to travel to Morgantown. they got to travel to Ames. That's not easy. What did you learn about your team bouncing back from the adversity of the Kansas loss? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes when you take really tough losses, there are two ways to go. You can either really buy into the level that you that you have out there and the competitiveness that you have and just kind of break it down to a couple of points that could have gone either way, but knowing that you have the level to compete with the best teams in the country is a lot of confidence. So I think we took it in that direction. We took it in a confident direction, and, and then we went into Ames, and West Virginia is one of the toughest weekends. Um, so we were definitely uh, happy to to get that weekend on the road under our belt and, and then head home to play Texas on Friday. Audra Cohen is our guest. Women's tennis has a big one coming up this Friday against Texas. It'll start at 4 o'clock. What do we know about the Longhorns, Coach? 
They're good. They have a two. They have a twins at one and two. The the Tarati sisters that are wow. extremely gritty. They make a lot of balls. They're Italian, and uh, we've seen a lot of them over the last couple of years. Um, you know, they're it, it's they kind of lead the program and the grittiness of it. They uh, they play a completely different style than we do. They are more of a um, passive program in terms of like their game style. They'll play more defensive tennis. Uh, we're a pretty big hitting team that just kind of goes after it, and uh, it, it'll be a nice little slugfest. With that said, you know, I I got I haven't had a chance to get out much this year, and I, and I I hate that, but I've I've enjoyed following it and seeing the growth of this team. So, can you kind of take us through the roster and who's really stood up uh, stood up and stood out for you so far in this 2019 campaign? Yeah, we have a, at number one. We have her name is Oleksandra Korishvili. We we call her Sasha. Sometimes we call her sashimi because she really loves sushi. Um, <laughs> Same, <laughs> but <laughs> she's uh, she's really come in and uh, she was a she formerly played on the WTA tour a little bit, so she had a great level coming in. But uh, due to eligibility, she had to sit some time before she was eligible, and so that's always tricky because you don't know how how they're going to play once they become eligible. But she's really lit it up. I mean, she's now ranked top twenty in the country. Uh, and that's without having a lot of any results from the fall season. So normally players would have results from the fall season that offer to help them get ranked at this at, at the higher level at, at the college wow. in, in the college ranking. So um, it's really she she's come in and she's been a great leader at the top of our lineup. I think she's eight and zero at number one right now. And then uh, at number two we have her name is Martina Capuro. She's a, a little lefty. And she's just got so much spunk and fire, and, and she's Argentinian, so she plays with this. Uh, Argentinians always play with a lot of emotion, and it's fun to watch. It's a lot for us as coaches to manage, but I would rather it that way than than having no emotion and no energy. So really enjoy working with her, and uh, she's been a great leader at the top half of our lineup as well. So then at, at three, we have um, – well, I, I don't want to say our whole lineup over <laughs> – over the radio today. I'm digging but, it. <laughs> <laughs> at three, we have uh, a British player uh, who's her name is Jasmine Asgar, and I've, I don't think I've ever seen anybody strike the ball as well as she does. Uh, it's not a very big girl, but she can. She, her timing is just absolutely incredible. We have this very similar player at four in Camila Romero from Ecuador, and she's uh, She's also she was actually our first recruit when uh, when we first got the job, and so she kind of took a risk on coming to OU without knowing, you know, what the history was before. So she's kind of been the the, the start of kind of the next generation and the the team we have now. So she's been a great leader as well. And then um, at five and six, we have freshmen who are who wow. have really stepped up quite a bit. One is from uh, Miami, Florida, and I've known her coach for many many years being from South Florida myself. And then we have uh, an American from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who has worked with my assistant previously. So, you know, we're just fortunate to have such a great crew of girls that, uh, that are really just all on board and, and willing to do so much work every day. I know you're fired up, Coach. A great crowd on Friday would be a huge boon for this team. Four o'clock with the start. Can you take us through how that energizes everyone when you have a good crowd out there? The crowd is everything. There's so much parity in our sport right now, and we can pull off an upset. We just need that energy out there. And, and these girls will not, they will not disappoint you. They are incredibly 
motivated and they bring so much energy to every match. I mean, just the talent we have on the roster too, and the ball striking is something special to watch. So we hope that everybody comes out and watches. All right, good stuff from both Audra Cohen and Nick Kroll. It's going to be fun tonight, 4 o'clock for OU women's tennis against Texas, 7 o'clock for the OU men's tennis team against Oklahoma State, and the price is right on those events as it is absolutely free to support Sooner Tennis. All right, we promised three interviews. There's your three interviews. We've got two more press conferences to get to. Tanner Mordecai has been on campus for a season, was able to take advantage of the new redshirt rule, even though he played in a couple of games last year. Still a redshirt freshman, the Waco, Texas product, Midway High School alum, talked with the media on Wednesday as part of the sit-down with the newest members of the OU quarterback room. Tanner, can you just talk about – you know, you had uh, playing behind Kyler last year, and then Austin leaves, Jalen comes. You're just overall look at the quarterback uh, situation at Oklahoma these last three or four months. Yeah, um, I was uh, pretty lucky to be behind Kyler and see how he does things. Um, when Austin left, you know, I was me and Schaefer were the only quarterbacks on campus, and then Jalen came, and we're all competing in spring ball, and that's how it's been. What was last year like for you to come into this program that's, you know, established quarterbacks and back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners? From your perspective, what was that like? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, again, watching Kyler and how he, you know, brought himself about and um, won the Heisman and uh, brought the team to the playoff and how he handled himself. Uh, it was pretty cool to watch. And then your growth uh, as, a, as a quarterback, you got in a, what, couple games? Yeah, a um, couple games, try to do up my best, uh, try to learn from uh, Austin Kendall and Kyler and see how they're doing things and just try to get better every day. Jason Kersey. Yeah, Tanner, what is it uh, having a guy like Jalen with all of his experiences and, and his success added to, to the quarterback room? Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, he's been to the national championship. He's won a lot of games. Um, have the utmost respect for that, for sure. Um, you know how he carries himself, uh, and uh, just watching that's pretty cool too. Ryan Aver, yeah, Tanner. Uh, obviously, a lot of attention on on Jalen and, and him coming here, and uh, I think a lot of people just assume he's going to be the starter. What is it about you and your game that you feel like gives you an opportunity? Uh, I feel like I'm a really com- competitive guy. I'm a team guy. Um, I'm going to put my best foot forward every time and uh, compete as hard as I can. Uh, Tanner, I just want to know, just what was your perspective that week where you hear Jalen Hurts is going to come make a visit at the same time Austin Kendall's looking to, to move on? What was what was life like for you then during that time? Um, I knew like no matter what the situation was, I was going to you know, compete. Um, be in the film room, do everything I can. Tanner, uh, Ryan mentioned what did you learn maybe last year from Kyler. What did you learn maybe from Austin Kendall as he went through a very similar situation as you, uh, a competition with somebody who comes in really highly touted? What did you learn watching that that competition play out last fall? Yeah, for sure. Um, No, Austin's a great quarterback. Uh, you know, he, he, he did things right. He's a team guy. Uh, he got after it every day, and he was preparing to be the starter. 
every single day. Like, um, can't do anything else. So, uh, I have a lot of respect for Austin. You know what? For those of us that hadn't got to see you play a bunch, what are your strengths? Do you feel like as a quarterback? Um, like I said, I think I'm a competitive guy. Uh, I like to win a lot and hate losing. Um, I'm a team guy. Put the team first. Uh, try to command the offense and uh, put us in the best position possible. John Hoover, yeah, uh, Tanner, um, Jalen comes in and he's he's being applauded for his leadership. He was a starter as a <coughs> freshman. He's a coach's kid and all that stuff. From from your perspective, how do you how do you cut into that? Because that's that's a big part of being the quarterback at Oklahoma is leading the team, leading the offense. How do you uh, you know with your limited playing experience? How do you kind of make make up that ground well right now we're in spring ball and uh you know we're doing things uh equal to each other and you know i'm just trying to uh, win over the team um as he is and uh spring ball is kind of our platform right now and try to go out there and perform is that a quality that's hard to get your finger on as a young quarterback uh, how to lead i mean you did it in high school obviously but yeah for sure uh it's a whole different whole different team uh new guys I'm young in the locker room. There's guys that have been here for a really long, and uh, of course they have my, my respect, and uh, they've been through things I haven't been through, so uh, I have to win them over as well. Jared, uh, you you work with uh, Kyler Stad, right? Fast, Kevin. How did how did that go, and how did he help you develop? Uh, Kevin's been really good to me. Uh, I've been working with him since uh, I was a freshman in high school. And um, yeah, he, he's taught me a lot of things about being a quarterback and throwing the ball the right way and uh, being, a, being a leader and um, being a student in the game. So yeah, he's helped me helped me a lot. Were you still bouncing things off of him with his, even while competing with Kyler for the job here at OU? Was, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was good. I saw him in the summer uh, before fall camp uh, a couple times. And yeah, I mean, he. He was always really helpful. He's always been helpful, and uh, I'm lucky to have him. Jason Kersey. Yeah, Tanner, what, what if, you know, in your few months you've been here, what, given all the history of great quarterbacks in Oklahoma, what have you learned about the sort of responsibility that comes with being a quarterback at Oklahoma, the, the history, all those kinds of things? Uh, yeah, it's just standard here for quarterbacks. Um, really high standard, higher than anybody else. and. You know we have to we have to keep that standard. Um, you know as Kyler leaves and as Baker left, Kyler took it over and he withheld it, and that's what's expected for the next guy. Just one more on Jalen. Uh, watching him work as a I mean he's a grad transfer and a senior and all that, and he's played in national championships. Watching him work does that impress upon you as well? Certain things that you can take from him. Yeah, of course. I can always uh, learn from other guys, uh, learn from my competition, and uh, try to use that to get better for myself. Eric Bailey. Through the first five practices, what have you learned about these incoming freshman wide receivers? Uh, what are their strengths, and uh, how quickly are they learning the game? Uh, they're special, yeah. They're, they're really good dudes. Uh, I mean, they can play. I mean, that's why they're ranked so high, and that's why they're here. And, you know, they enrolled early. They gave up that last semester of high school, and uh, they're balling out there and they're working really hard, so uh, we're, we're glad to have those guys for sure. Tanner, I know you come to Oklahoma, you expect to, to 
played with some special players, but watching C.D. Lamb, I mean, you knew he was a good player when you signed here, but just seeing his development over the last year, is it is he just one of those guys you look at and you're like, uh, I kind of thought people like that existed, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's no doubt. He's a freak. Yeah, uh, incredible athlete, really good receiver. Um, I mean, he go get he goes getting ball better than anybody else, and I mean, he's a stud. Yeah, Tanner, uh, you got into in the first two games last year. I'm, I'm wondering what what that was like getting onto the field for the first time in, in the stadium. And also, are you are you happy that the redshirt will change when it did? Whereas you know previously, the second you step on the field, you burned your year. Right. Yeah, I was. I'm pretty lucky that it changed whenever I came. Um, you know, I just try to take those reps as meaningful as possible. Um, take what the defense gave me and. Um, do what I was supposed to do, but uh, yeah, the red shirt rules pretty cool. Tanner, with all the turnover on the offensive line and with Creed out, what's it been like working with those guys this spring? And then since you're returning and, and Jalen's new, does it feel like maybe you have a little bit of a leg up there since you're more familiar with some of the guys? Yeah, those guys, it's obviously a new line, um, but they've gotten way better every single practice and they're just keeping keeps taking that step forward every day, and I, I think they're doing a great job. Jerry? Is there, well, for you, everybody's focusing on Jalen, you know, his history, and um, that, you know, he's played, you know, in, in big games and things, but is there anything you kind of take out of, like, you know, seeing a guy like Baker play here that people, you know, looked at him as an underdog? I mean, do you, you feel like you have some of that same kind of, attitude when you're out there on the, on the field? Yeah, I think so. Um, like Bake, like you said, uh, whenever he came, I don't think anybody expected him to do anything. Uh, Trevor Knight just came off a pretty good year, and he won the job. So yeah, I, I, I for sure have thought about that. Uh, obviously, Jalen's done a lot of great things at Alabama, and people also believe uh, like he's a great quarterback, as he is. but. Like, I'm trying to put my best foot forward as well and just compete every day in spring. Is it is it teaching you something about blocking out the outside world a little bit too? Uh, I try not to really listen to Twitter and TV shows and stuff like that. I, I, know, I know the opinions matter that are inside that facility and everyone else is, they don't see what we do every day and what we, what we do and how we work. So it's hard for them to have a meaningful opinion. Yeah, I, I think last year a lot of people assumed going in that Kyler was going to win that job. Um, so going into this year where Jalen has all this experience, did you learn anything from maybe the way Austin conducted himself last year through that competition? Yeah, for sure. I think I think Austin kind of blocked out the, the, the idea that Kyler was for sure going to start. And I think he... Like I said, I think he just put his fe uh, best foot forward every single day and uh, didn't listen to the other other Twitter antics and everything else. And he listened to Coach Riley um, and the other coaches that see us work. And um, he listened to those opinions and just kept, kept fighting. Last one, you, you were asked about those young guys and, and asked about CD, but how much of that is the key? Just you know, being able to make plays with those guys or let them make plays. I don't know how you look at it is. You put the ball out there for them to make the plays, or you got to make the plays, throwing it to them. Yeah, I think it goes uh, both ways. I mean, they have to do their job and I have to do mine, and 
Uh, you know, that comes with practice and throwing routes on air and uh, in the winter, whenever it's just offensive guys throwing routes in the indoor. I think that all kind of plays a part and we got to get used to each other and have uh, chemistry and uh, for, it, for it all to work. Did you, with like Grant and CD and guys that have been around, you feel like you've developed a little bit of that with him? For sure, yeah. Um, like I said, in the winter, seven on seven, routes on air and then leading up to spring, it's been a lot of reps and a lot of throws, so for sure getting better. Mordecai's a great story. Was kind of a late add because the Sooners had a decommit. So you add Tanner Mordecai to the mix, and he may end up being a, an absolute standout for the Sooners. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of an incredible story, Tanner Schaefer, who's a redshirt ju uh, junior out of Conne Canadian, Texas, uh, looks like he might slide into that holder's role, but it was still fun to hear from the former walk-on talking about his place in this quarterback mix. Baker's situation is a little bit different, but did, did Baker change the way that maybe walk-ons, especially quarterbacks, view themselves? Uh, I would say for sure you come in and everybody's kind of doubting you or this or that, or you kind of feel like you don't have the upper hand on things. But, I mean, still, as long as you're willing to work, and that's kind of what Baker taught me, as long as you're willing to work and put in the time and effort, then you can pretty much do anything you want. So. Daniel, can you talk a little bit about Jalen's voice in that quarterback's room? What was it like from day one, and how has that expanded to now? Yeah, I mean, we uh, I've been in there with Baker and Kyler, and so I've been in there with some great leaders, and then Jalen came in, and he's been just pretty much picking up where they left off, and we're all in there, you know, learning together, and he's learning the system, and I've been in there for a while, and Mordecai's in there with us, and so, I mean, we're all just kind of helping each other out and trying to keep growing each and every day. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about how you got to Oklahoma, the scholarship offers you had, and why you decided to make the move to come over here as a walk-on? Uh, yeah, I had scholarship offers from Tulsa and University of Ohio, and uh, I Coach Riley talked to me, and then I came over here and uh, went through the campus and got to see everything and kind of talked to Baker one-on-one, -on -one and that kind of just set it off for me. I, I knew that whenever after I talked to Baker and he said that, if you come in and are willing to work and put in the time and stuff that you can, I mean, it, do, it doesn't matter where you come from or anything like that, so. Yeah, you know, given your record and the stats you put up in high school, did it bother you that you weren't more highly recruited and why do you think that was? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's because I'm from a smaller high school and people would say that we didn't like play against teams that were of, I don't know, I guess you could say like as high of competition. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm thankful that I'm here, so. <laughs> Did you lose a game in high school as a starter? Uh, no, sir, no. Derek? <laughs> who, uh, Tanner, who recruited you from Tulsa? Uh, Sterling Gilbert, and then he went to Texas, and then I'm not sure where he's at now. Did his departure change things in terms of how you viewed TU, or were you uh, ever I, really serious about that? I was initially going to considering going there, and uh, and then kind of like I said, after I got over here and came and met met the guys here, and then uh, talked to Baker on the phone, that kind of just changed things for me. So, but you would have had a scholarship opportunity, you think, in, in Tulsa? Were you under that impression? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Tanner, what's your relationship like with Lincoln Riley? given the similarities in your backgrounds, where you're from, your past, things like that? Yeah, no, we, we uh, 
I mean, I guess you could say have a lot in common. He's from a small town. I'm from a small town and kind of stuff like that. So he can relate to a lot of things. Like whenever I first came in, he was relating a lot to, you know, you're, you played all the sports in high school, this and that, and you, you didn't ever get to just focus on one, and now's the time to just focus on one thing. So, I mean, we, I, I guess I, I can relate to him a lot, and he helps me through a lot of stuff like that and can talk to me about this or that. So. Barry? Yeah, you know, one of your rivals, Oklahoma State, uh, last year had a quarterback, similar path to you, panhandle, long-time walk-on, finally gets his chance, and, you know, has a pretty good year. You get inspiration when you see stories like that, guys that very similar story to you, and you know they just were patient and it paid off for them. Yeah, uh, I actually played that guy in high school, and we uh, are friends, and so it was it was good seeing him kind of, you know, he was patient, and that's what my main thing is is regardless if my number's called initially or not, I just want to be the guy that's ready. So I mean, that's I feel like that's what he did, and it's I mean I guess patience is key sometimes. So. All right. What uh, if you were talking to a kid who's thinking about walk on? What would you tell him? What what is what do you have to have to be a walk on? Especially uh, in case you turn down some scholarship offers. I, you just got to come in and be willing to work and understand that you you kind of don't have the upper hand on everybody or stuff like guys that are on scholarship and that whenever you come in you got to be willing to do more than what's just expected. I guess you could say so. It's uh you know you just, you want to be consistent, but then at the same time you want to be willing to do more and and outwork others or be the guy that's always known for doing right or stuff like that. So, Is it something, I mean, because quarterbacks transfer now. They don't see a path to playing early. A lot of times they transfer. Is there something extra you have to have that other guys don't as a walker? Uh, I mean, kind of, kind of the same thing. I just feel like you, got, you just have to be consistent and willing to work and at the same time, patience. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've been here three going on four years, so I just feel like, as long as I keep working and, and I kind of like I said, I just want to be the guy that's, if my number isn't called initially, be the guy that's ready to go, so. Terry? I was wondering if you could talk about, you know, being in that quarterback room, it's something Lincoln talks a lot about, is is there kind of, I don't know, an understanding or does Lincoln talk to you about that, like no matter what goes on on the field, whether you have a bad day or a good day, that you have to make that a good room to be in? Yeah, I'm, it's that's kind of what he's talked to us about lately is it's, eventually the plays and this and that will come. We just got to go out every day and be leaders and make sure that we're going out there every day to get better and get the guys around us better. And uh, every day in the meeting room, it's like you, you go in there and there's always something new to learn. And so it doesn't matter if we've gone over this same thing multiple times. We just got to go in there and act like it's a brand new day and it's something that we're learning again. So, What was it like being in there with, with Kyler and Baker at times? Just both, both of I mean, now knowing what you know now, I mean that you're—that's the best quarterback room that ever existed at this point. Yeah, football. no, those guys are. Uh, I mean, it was awesome being in there. I learned a lot from both of them, and uh, I mean, from the leadership side, and then just mentally, they're both like they mentally super strong. And uh, I mean, yeah, it was. I learned a ton from those guys. So. Tanner, there was a video of Jalen not too long ago about him squatting just you know a lot of weight in the weight room with a lot of guys around watching that and one did were you there re-watching that what were your impressions but also just from a from a position standpoint what does that kind of strength in the lower body do for a quarterback and yeah no it's uh I I was there and it was a uh, I mean it was 
everybody was surrounding him just like we do with everybody else and it's just like team chemistry and we're all have each other's back and it was awesome I mean it was music and everything else and uh yeah I mean it for sure it helps you throw the ball farther and be throw it more on a line and everything else so I mean it's for sure an advantage Jason? yeah for those of us who haven't been there what is Canadian Texas like and what what are Friday nights like there um, you know, what kind of places to grow up? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a football town and 2,000 people, wool-filled cows. I mean, you, you <laughs> that's pretty much it. So. <laughs> I mean, what were game, What are Friday nights like? Uh, Friday nights, were, it, that's what kind of the town revolved around. And so it was, I mean, packed house every Friday. And then the farther we go into the playoffs, everybody traveled with us. And so it was, it was, Something I'll remember forever. Mule shield trash talk in Canadian? No, no. There's no. We we sometimes I'll give Coach Riley a hard time here and there, but there's no no trash talk. So. <laughs> Barry, in a room as small as the quarterback room is, much confusion is there with two guys named Tanner, and does that also happen on the practice field? Do they have to distinguish between the two of you? No, I just I I go by Schaefer and Mordecai goes by Tanner, so. I just call him Mordecai, and he calls me Schaefer. So. How familiar are you with uh, Austin English? Yeah, Austin, he uh, came and played here. We, I grew up, he was kind of my idol back at Canadian, and so he, uh, he was another reason that I kind of wanted to come to OU, so I look up to him. All right, this was really long, and uh, I apologize, but I wanted to fit everything in. I, I wanted to hear – and everyone to hear the whole Jalen Hurts presser. We'll talk about it on Tuesday with Toby on the game plan. I wanted you guys to get ready for the gymnastics regional action next week, so we wanted to get a lot of time with K.J. Kindler and Nick Kroll and Audra Cohen tonight. And then, of course, we can't leave out. We cannot leave out both Tanner Mordecai and Tanner Schaefer. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Until Tuesday's edition of the game plan, everyone have a great week and Boomer Sooner. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.